You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at BuffaloRumlings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A. I wanted to remind you before we get this week's episode started that you can always phone in your questions at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumlings Q&A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Facebook messages at Buffalo Rumlings. Instagram messages, Buffalo Rumlings. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the show. As the Buffalo Bills head to Dallas to take on the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, we've got you know a pretty confident fan base at eight and three. Um, I don't think that the Cowboys are you know, some sort of pushover, but I also don't think that there's some sort of juggernaut that we have to you know be totally convinced that the Bills can't win this game. Uh, most of the questions are about the Bills, which is nice, uh, but uh, we'll see what other stuff we can get to in this week's episode. As always, make sure you rate and review our podcast on the app that you use to listen to podcasts. All right, let's get to the questions. My five takeaways from this game uh, really start with the defense. Uh, They pitched a shutout in the first half for the third time this season. Tredavious White had an interception in the first half uh, just after a Josh Allen turnover to kind of give the Bills the ball back right after their own mistake. Matt Milano had three tackles in the first half, um, was nearly picking off a pass. Tremaine Edmonds had four tackles in the first half. Star Lotulele and Shaq Lawson each had sacks, and uh, Ed Oliver and Trent Murphy were pressuring the quarterback. The Bills were just getting after it in the first half. That really continued into the second half. They only allowed 134 total yards, uh, the lowest total of the season for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Buffalo had four sacks, and the Broncos had only 49 yards of of total passing. So whatever Kyle Allen's passing stats were, minus the losses uh, because of the sacks, they ended up with 49 net passing yards. Um, The running backs from Denver had an okay day, but they weren't great because they didn't get the ball enough because Buffalo's offense put up points uh, and... uh, and so they were playing catch-up. The rushing offense finally took off against the Denver Broncos. Uh, Denver came in with a really nice uh, defense, and the Bills kind of exploited it. Uh, Devin Singletary notched his first 100-yard game on Sunday, uh, which was really awesome to see. Uh, He finished with 106 yards on 21 carries for an average of 5 yards per carry. Um, All great numbers. Frank Gore passed Barry Sanders for the third most rushing yards in a career. Uh, He had 65 yards, um, which, again, a really nice day for him getting a third of the snaps and, and icing the game late. Josh Allen added 56 yards of rushing and, and Robert Foster had 22 yards on his one carry. It was just a really nice day for the Buffalo Pills rushing offense. 
Going back to the defense, uh, Matt Milano is an elite top-level linebacker. Uh, he was everywhere on Sunday. Um, I kept seeing someone on Twitter saying he looked like he was being shot out of a cannon. He had six tackles, one for a loss, a pass breakup that he nearly picked off. He was in the backfield on blitzes. Uh, he was in the coverage or in the defensive backfield in coverage. He was just all over the place and really needs to get a look at the Pro Bowl this year. It would be really nice to see him there. Um, he's making money every week because the Bills are going to have to give him a contract extension here in the near future. And then I did have one negative takeaway from the game against the Broncos, and that was that the clock management continues to be crappy. Uh, at the end of the first half, they just kind of had this entire mess of a sequence that I go into in my five takeaways article. It was just, it wasn't great. And um, they, they still keep struggling with these situational uh, situational time management um, things, uh, whether it's, not calling timeouts at the right time, calling timeouts at the wrong time, just not being able to get out of bounds or have two play calls in the huddle, uh, which was a problem the week before. It just it, it it's it's coaching, but it's also just thinking on your feet and being able to to think ahead in a pressure situation. So maybe they need somebody that's in the booth telling them what to do. Um, it's funny because Dallas Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett said that the Cowboys don't do anything inside the game as far as win probability and um, you know having analytics involved in their game plan during the game and uh, it's something that we've been complaining about a lot and of course Garrett's in our news feeds all week this week because the Bills are playing the Cowboys on Thursday in Dallas. Pivoting to the question I'm getting a lot this week it has pretty much everything to do with the Dallas Cowboys. Bills fans are I don't know kind of kind of okay with how the Bills played against the Broncos and, and they beat the Miami Dolphins week before so they're back on track and people feel kind of comfortable but they, they look at this Dallas Cowboys team and the Thanksgiving game and they're starting to get nervous about what's going to happen on national television on Thursday so people are asking me well, what do you think is going to happen on Thanksgiving? Uh, are we going to be embarrassed? And I I keep coming back to if the Bills can survive whatever happens with Josh Allen in the first quarter, I think they're going to be fine. And we've seen them do that all season, just kind of survive, survive. The Bills' defense is certainly capable enough to shut down the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday. But if Josh Allen comes out and throws two interceptions because he's white-knuckling it in the biggest game of his life, you know I don't think anyone would be, would be surprised. And um, I've got an opinion piece dropping at Buffalo Rumblings on Tuesday kind of all about this. Um, two years ago on Thanksgiving weekend, Josh Allen was playing San Jose State in Laramie, Wyoming. And now he's going to be on the biggest stage of any regular season game in, in the entire league, uh, in my opinion. Uh, it's a national televised game. I mean, Ellie Goulding is, is playing at halftime. Uh, he's going to look up and see his face on a 60-yard a long uh, television screen in the largest stadium in the NFL. I mean, yeah, he's played in New York City. He's played in big stadiums in Gillette. But it's, it's just going to be such a different atmosphere on Thanksgiving when every single person he's ever met in his life is going to be watching him on TV, you know, whether it's in you know his small town of in California or in Wyoming or back home in Buffalo or, or anywhere around the United States. It's just a different atmosphere when you know everybody's going to be watching you in the biggest game of your life. And so I have a feeling Josh Allen's going to be a little bit of – a presser on Thursday in the first quarter. If he can settle down and 
just play within himself as the game wears on, I think that the Bills will have a very good chance to win, if not be a favorite to win. But if he comes out and just is trying to play hero ball and do way too much because it's the biggest game of his life. And again, nobody's going to fault him for that. It's not going to be the end of the world. He has to learn how to play in high pressure situations, but the kid has never even started a game later than one o'clock Eastern time. He's never started a four o'clock game. He's never been in prime time because he missed the game against the new England Patriots last year with a concussion and the bills don't have any prime time games this year. So would anybody be surprised if Allen is, you know, hopped up on adrenaline? I wouldn't be. And that's most definitely not a criticism of the Bills' second-year quarterback. It's just part of that learning process. We saw Lamar Jackson light it up on Monday Night Football for the Baltimore Ravens. When folks are on big stages, sometimes they can come through. I haven't seen that from Allen yet because he hasn't really been on a big stage. Against the New England Patriots earlier this year, in probably the biggest game of the year, he didn't have a great first half. He... He, he had, um, I think, an interception and six incompletions before he threw his first completion against the New England Patriots. Now, is that because the Patriots have a great defense or is it because he was pressing? I'm hoping it was because the Patriots have a great defense and he was able to learn from that. And, and so was Brian Dable. And they're able to play within themselves a little bit this Thursday on Thanksgiving. We'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, but um, I don't think that the Bills are going to embarrass themselves. I think the defense is stout. I think the defense is ready. Uh, they have a lot of leaders from Lorenzo Alexander to Micah Hyde, who has played on Thanksgiving before. Uh, they've got guys who have been there. Uh, they have Cole Beasley on offense, who's played in the game. They've they've got experience on both sides of the ball that they can lean on and, uh, and veteran leaders all throughout the locker room. It's one of the things that Sean McDermott talks about all the time. But it's going to be a challenge for this Bills team, uh, who hasn't really played on this big of a stage in a long, long time. Let's get to your questions. To Twitter, at Rumlings Q&A, where Andy Ensign asks us, Cody Ford played great on Sunday. Do you think the platooning of him and Inseki was not allowing him to get settled in and focused? I don't know how they could have put Cody Ford in as the only right tackle with the way he played in the preseason, the way he played in training camp, and even the way he played in the first several games of the regular season this year. There's a lot of talk about moving him to guard and not even having him be the backup right tackle. So I'm I'm not going as far as saying what you did, Andrew, um, that putting Inseki in there was not allowing Ford to get settled and focused. Uh, I think it was the right move at the time. And we've only seen one game from Cody Ford. We'll see what happens uh, against the Dallas Cowboys and moving forward. If if he's starting to figure out how to get the right uh, leverage on pass rushers, then um, then that's great. I'm I'm glad he sat and learned a little bit. the Bills were scoring better with Ty Insecki at right tackle. The Bills were moving the ball better with Ty Insecki at right tackle, uh, at least up until this Denver Broncos game. And, of course, they had over 400 yards of offense again against the Denver Broncos, which I think is a remarkable feat. Uh, and, of course, a lot of that was also in the run game where Cody Ford kind of excels because he can just get, get into the defender and lean on him and, and kind of take, take his body weight and just kind of demolish folks. Uh, but the Ty Inseki injury, I, I don't think is a good thing for this team long-term. I think he is at the very least a solid piece that you want uh, in your 
you know, rotation um, if, say, Cody Ford or Deion Dawkins gets hurt. So uh, I'm not going as far as saying it was, you know, a blessing in disguise or something like that, but it certainly is going to give Cody Ford an extended look at right tackle, uh, at least for the next several weeks. Um, I'm still surprised they haven't put Inseki on injured reserve, so which must mean that he didn't break his ankle, but um, it's got to be a severe sprain with Sean McDermott calling it a week-to-week injury. Um, I think he did play well. Cody Ford did play well against the Denver Broncos. I think there was a little bit of an element of Von Miller taking plays off and not really having to deal with you know, a vicious pass rush. Uh, the Bills were also really focused on short passes against the Denver Broncos to try and uh, get the ball out quickly. They were in the hurry up a lot so that the Broncos couldn't really adjust on the fly. So it was it was a really nice game plan by Brian Dable, and he needs some of the credit as well for how well Cody Ford looked at right tackle. People weren't giving Brian Dable much of a chance uh, at certain points in the season, but after back-to-back 400-yard games by the offense, I think everything's going well. Um, it should also be noted that Cody Ford lost the right guard, John Feliciano, uh, early in the game against the the Denver Broncos as Mitch Morris had to leave with a hand injury, and uh, Feliciano switched over to center with Spencer Long coming in at right guard. So there was a lot of changes on that offensive line, and I think they all performed really admirably. They should get lots of kudos for how they performed against Denver, especially given all the shuffling that had to go on on the offensive line between the Nseki injury and the Mitch Morris injury, which hopefully should be resolved by Thursday. Thanks for your question at Rumlings Q&A. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. To the phones at 716-508-0405. Hey, Matt, this is Ryan calling from Toronto. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Finally remembered to call in this week. My question is about the left tackle position, more specifically Deion Dawkins. There are a lot of people calling in for him to be handed a pink slip earlier in the season, but we really haven't heard his name mentioned in quite some time. Does this mean he's been playing well, and can we have some confidence in the left tackle position moving forward? Thanks, and go Bills. Thanks for calling in from Canada. Always uh, look forward to hearing from our Toronto Bills fans. Uh, I don't think... Deion Dawkins has been playing great. I think he's been playing, you know, well. He's been playing pretty good. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, he's allowed four sacks this season uh, on 743 snaps. Uh, his overall grade is 72.5, which is a good uh, level for them. Um, you know, there have been plenty of times where he's just had to like, legit grab guys who were getting past him, uh, getting closer to Allen. I think the last two weeks, the Bills' offensive line in particular has done has done pretty well over the last two weeks against Miami and Denver. We'll see if they can do it against uh, some more fierce pass rushes coming up. Um, the Bills have been getting the ball out quickly. Josh Allen's been decisive, and he's been kind of a... I don't know, uh, an escape artist, (laughs) we'll say, over the course of the last couple weeks, too. So um, I'm not ready to say that Dawkins is like a franchise left tackle or a guy I want to pay, you know, 
big bucks to, but I think he's a guy that's certainly capable of holding down the left side of the offensive line, you know, for the rest of the season and and, and beyond, um, especially if they have you know a, a depth guy like Ty Nsecki who can come in um, if needed. But I, I'm not ready to hand him a pink slip. I know that that's not what you're asking, um, but I don't think he's been playing at some sort of elite level where we have to extend him, you know, at a super high salary right now either. So kind of in between. Uh, thanks for your question. Back to Twitter where Jason Ziegler asks us, is Zubaz appropriate Thanksgiving dinner attire? Well, I think absolutely Zubaz is appropriate Thanksgiving dinner attire. I think I'm going to be in my Buffalo Rumblings t-shirt and a Zubaz pants. I also have some Buffalo Bills socks I'm probably going to wear. Um, it, what I'm hearing is it's going to be a little bit colder that day, so maybe I'll wear my sweatshirt over there. But once the game starts, I'll, uh, I'll probably be getting warm a little bit. It'll be after dinner, so I'll be hot. So I'll probably take off the sweatshirt and just have the uh, the Buffalo Rumblings t-shirt on with my hat. I won't wear the hat during uh, during dinner. That's a, that's a faux pas. But uh, I want to riff on this just a little bit about uh, you know Thanksgiving and the Bills. I was absolutely terrified when I saw this game on the schedule this year. Um, I was really worried that they were going to ruin my Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday of the year. You don't have to worry about running all over the place and, you know, buying presents and uh, make, trying to make all these special memories. It's just a day about being together with family and eating and um, maybe having a couple drinks, watching a football game. Um, I'm still a little bit upset that they're going to make me work on Thanksgiving, but it's going to be okay because the Bills actually have a good team this year. And, you know, I was also worried they were going to be like four and eight or four and seven going into this game and, you know, looking like a hot mess of garbage and we were going to have to defend them on a national stage. But it's a really great opportunity to showcase some of the great things about Buffalo. Some of the people that we have here, um, especially because of Dallas and Pancho Bila being from Dallas and being able to, to talk about him a little bit on a, a national stage, being able to, just share this Bills team that we like so much and um, you know, Sean McDermott's message and about uh, family and love and and just the way this team has come together both on the field and off. It's, it's just a really awesome opportunity because of Thanksgiving and uh, being able to not have to bury our heads in the sand because the Bills are playing well and they're guys we can root for, I think is a really remarkable accomplishment. And I'm just, I'm glad that it worked out this way because I was absolutely terrified that they were going to be playing on Thanksgiving um, and, and ruining a very fun day for me. So uh, with all that being said, thanks for the question at Rumblings Q&A on Twitter. If you want your own Buffalo Rumblings t-shirt, they're available at the Buffalo Rumblings fan shop, which is right on the homepage there. If you scroll down a little bit, uh, you can see it right in the middle of the uh, the homepage where all the articles are are posted there. There's the fan shop there where you can buy it from our partners over at Breaking Tea. They're running a little bit of a Black Friday deal, so keep an eye on our social media accounts for information on that if you want to get it a little bit cheaper. We've got a text message into our voicemail line, 716-508-0405, I wanted to get to next. Uh, the person didn't leave their name, but I'll just ask the question, how great is Frank Orr? Not only as a humble man, but as a supportive team player. 
if you guys haven't heard this story yet, I wanted to relay the story about Frank Gore after the game. And, and folks were interviewing Devin Singletary at his locker about how special it is to play with Frank Gore and like learn from one of the best running backs of all time. And Gore interrupts the reporters and says, why don't you ask Devin about his first 100-yard game as a professional? That's a pretty big deal. So it just goes to show you the the attitude that Frank Gore brings to the table. He's constantly looking out for his teammates. He's constantly trying to be that mentor um, and, and help other players out. Uh, he was re- even that way in his press conference when he was, you know, he looked fairly emotive and relaxed. He was, you know, smiling and thanking all the coaches and teammates and blockers and and people in the running back rooms with him over the years, whether it was in San Francisco or Indianapolis or Miami or or even in Buffalo. And uh, he's been talking to Peter King of NBC Sports and mentioning how folks had told him he was just kind of in it for the yardage and he wasn't really in it to help the Bills win. And, you know, but he's obviously proved them wrong and, and just knows that he's in a different point in his career. Um, he's clearly contributing. It's not just, you know, roll out the ball and, and try and see if we can, like, you know, I don't know, prop him up over the finish line. You know, Frank Gore is a valuable member of this team. He proved it again today as he was, you know, uh, pounding the ball at the end of the game to to wear out the the clock and wear out the Denver Broncos eventually at the end of the game. Uh, he's just he, he's proven over and over again that he's just such a solid pro. Thanks for giving me a chance to remind folks about that with your text message, whoever you are. Next time, send us your name. <laughs> Let's pivot to a question about Duke Williams. Uh, Todd Cron on Sunday when the Bills were warming up and it was pretty evident that Duke Williams was going to be inactive again, uh, just kept questioning why the Bills are not going to Duke Williams. Well, we'll at least get to see Williams this week. As uh, Robert Foster uh, came up with a hamstring injury, he's likely going to be out on Thursday against the Dallas Cowboys. So we will get a chance to see Duke Williams and what the Bills can do with him in the offense. I'm not expecting him to get a ton of snaps. Robert Foster didn't get a ton of snaps. Uh, They were able to at least get him involved in the game once against the Denver Broncos, uh, to his detriment, unfortunately. But the Bills gained 20-something yards on the play, so that was a good thing. The Bills fell from third in touchdown conversion percentage in the red zone to sixth. Uh, They're down to still two-thirds of the time, 64.5% of the times they make it into the red zone, they score a touchdown. So that's, that's all good news. Against the Denver Broncos, their first trip inside the red zone ended with them actually being knocked out of the red zone and then kicking a field goal that was 39 yards from the Denver 21 yard line. Then later in the second quarter, they kicked a 23 yard field goal. So they had two drive stall in the red zone. Uh, The awesome touchdown pass to Cole Beasley came from the 18 yard line. So that was inside the red zone. So they were one for three there. Before we go, I wanted to quickly mention the rest of the podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. We have kind of a truncated schedule this week because the Bills play on Thursday and not Sunday. So we've got the uh, Circling the Wagons podcast, which comes out after every single game. It comes out Sunday night so that you can download it into your feeds for your drive to work Monday morning or whatever it is that you're doing Monday morning before work, whether it's a run, a workout, or uh, just uh, catching up on your Buffalo Bills opinions from after the game. Uh, We've got the Believe podcast. 
podcast that's already posted. The Mafia Mavens ladies are back, um, and that's already posted. We'll have Nick and Nolan later in the week for you to listen to and break down everything that happened just as they normally do. They'll break down the game against the Broncos and, of course, talk about the Dallas Cowboys and how to beat them. On Thanksgiving Day, there's going to be a preview episode from Breaking Buffalo Rumblings for the game against the Dallas Cowboys. And then sometime that night, Circling the Wagons is going to fire up the old podcast machine and do a recap post after the Bills hopefully beat the Dallas Cowboys to move to 9-3 and three on the season. And then we'll get another episode of the Mafia Mavens this weekend. So there's lots of stuff to catch on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Make sure you're listening to all the shows. We've got something for every Bills fan on our podcast network. That's one of the reasons I like it. Uh, Blitz Bills is taking this week off, but there are another podcast that's on our uh, rotation that they do a great job of being a little bit more laid back and with their hair down. So if you haven't listened to all the Bills podcasts on our network, try them this week. Go Bills. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.